wonderful people. It is Thursday. Harry's on jury duty. <laughs> they, he, he'll, he'll be knocked out. He's he, he not going to get picked. <laughs> uh, yeah, Nora just told me. Good morning. Welcome to Love Babs, Love Talk on Babs Rose Ivy. So Nora is uh, riding shotgun this morning because Harry's doing jury duty, which you uh, he's going to get kicked off. So, you know, they're not going to pick you. <laughs> you know, first of all, you got too much education. So you can forget it. <laughs> hey, Nora, welcome back. Nora, so, you know, your ears must have been burning you the other day because I was I was asking about you, how you did in Spain, because I, I didn't realize you were back. I was like, she's back. But then I was like, well, she was only there supposed to be a, uh, uh, <laughs> they not. <laughs> I was like, they're not going to pick you. He's like, I hope not. They not. <laughs> Too much education. <laughs> Tell them you believe in aliens. Oh my God, Harry, you are not going to be on anybody's jury duty. Tell me you believe in aliens among us. <laughs> They're going to escort you to the door. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so, uh, so Nora was away doing some work on a farm somewhere in Spain. And I thought she was going to be gone for the whole summer. Nora's not even going to try to answer me or talk to me. But uh, it's nice to have you back. I saw an article and I was like, is she reporting from Spain? Like, what is happening? <laughs> so anyway, uh, he, was, he was on a farm in Spain. So no, she's not going to jump on here and talk to me. She's not going to do that. She'll just listen and nod her head and be like, I'm not talking to Babs. I'm not talking to her. So anyway, so yesterday I had a really great meetup conversation with uh, uh, Dr. Dwayne Smith, the interim president of Southern Connecticut State University's Alpha. And we had a great conversation. I enjoyed him so much. And I must say, I sat in one of the most comfortable chairs I've ever sat in my life <laughs> in, the, in the president's office. This chair was amazing. I was like, gosh, I could. I could actually sit in this chair all day, and you know, as, you know, as a as a as a plus size woman, you know, you always want chairs that sort of are, that you can fit in and you're not like constrained in. That's always a problem for us big folks, us bigger folks. And so I sat in a chair and I had room around me. It was not. It was such a great chair. And I was like, I wonder where this chair came from. <laughs> I was the whole time I was sitting there, I was like, man, this chair is nice. <laughs> anyway, we had a lovely conversation. I've, I've learned, uh, uh, I've learned all the, uh, 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 about him. I'm always struck when, when people sort of talk to me, they always come away not knowing a whole lot about me, but I always end up knowing a whole lot about them. So, I'm, I, so uh, I think that's, I, I'm going to count that as a skill now. I didn't used to think of it as a skill. I just always think of it that I always allow uh, uh, yeah, they said that last year. It 
you know, they, the courts are backed up. So anyway, uh, <laughs> um, so anyway, I'm sorry. I'm I'm texting Harry because he's sitting in he's sitting in uh in the in the courthouse at uh you know in the big room waiting to you know waiting to get kicked out because he's gonna get kicked out. Uh, he's not gonna do. They're not gonna have him do jury duty. I know it. They never never want people like us to do jury duty. I'd be good on a jury. And you couldn't strong arm me either. I'd be like, oh, I'm not going with that. <laughs> I'd be the I'd be the lone, it'd be a hung jury or some old mess. I was like, no, I can't get to consensus with that. This is somebody's life. I'm not doing that. So anyway. That's the breaks. These are the breaks. Break it up, break it up, break down. So uh, so yeah, we had a lovely conversation. Uh talked, his wife is studying to be a chaplain. That's the second person I know that is studying to be a chaplain. And uh, I'm very fascinated by this chaplaincy because I think I could be a chaplain. I don't want to be, I don't want to, I don't want to run a church, but I could, I could, uh, I could go talk to people in hospitals and places, whatever chaplains do. I don't want to be a ship's chaplain or anything like that. I don't want to be on sea because to me, that's like being in the mall. I feel stuck. Um, but I, I would, I would could entertain it, but let me get through law school first and see what happens. <laughs> let me, let me, let me, let me get through law school. Let me get into somebody's law program. Uh, I, I got a lot to do. I have a lot to do and I can take the LSAT again in, uh, all, uh, September, September 8th, actually September 8th at 8 30 in the morning. I'm going to take it right here from this studio. That's what I'm going to do. And uh, and I'll be ready. I'll be ready. It'll be fine. Uh, I'll be ready. So I got to get to studying. Uh, last night, Ife and I sat on the porch and chatted and laughed and drank copious amounts of wine. I had a bit. Of, I had a, a little bit of sluggishness this morning. So I got up and I took an acetaminophen. I feel much better. Like, I feel much better. So I've got to, I've got to, uh, I don't know what I got to do. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows what I have to do? I have to do anything. <laughs> I got to work on my personal statement. I pulled it up on my desktop. My laptop is finally ready. Uh, they fixed it. You know, I had dropped it a month ago. They fixed it, but they didn't put the touchscreen back on it. So I had to bring it back. It's like, I need the touchscreen because that's how I work. Because I like, you know, touchscreen mouse touch screen whatever i need it so uh so yeah i gotta go and handle that so i go pick it up today so i go pick it up today uh, and you know the paper is done so i don't have uh i don't have any whole lot to do uh today um i was supposed to have dinner with myra well a couple of things were supposed to happen today and then everything just kind of fell apart so uh having dinner with my well not having dinner with myra today uh, I'm having time with my uh, my um, Yale Access to Law School coach, Demi Moore. And uh, so we're going to catch up. I'm going to have a good conversation with her. So I wanted to have some time for that. And then tomorrow, though, tomorrow I have a guest. Tomorrow I have uh, Juanita Sunday. She's coming on to be my guest tomorrow so that we can talk about the sixth dimension, um, the Afro, Afrofuturism uh, 
festival that she she kicked it off in at the Connecticut College up in wherever the hell it is. And uh, and now she's doing it here in New Haven. And I'm so looking forward to it because um, she has hired me to have a conversation uh, with the uh, culinary people. And I'm delighted because, you know, my background is culinary. Like I'm a I'm a I'm a culinary student, was a culinary student, worked worked actively as a as a chef, a sous chef, a garmagee. I did all those things. I, I mean, I know how to cut meat. I know how to do all I know how to do everything in the kitchen. I, I choose not to do anything in the kitchen these days because I, I don't cook like that no more. <laughs> you know, when you when you when it's soup for one, it's a it's a whole different kind of thing. You know, when you're a single woman, uh, what you know, it was fine when I when I was raising kids and I had to keep hot food on the table for children and husband. Uh, but now I don't have those responsibilities. I don't even cook for Thanksgiving, right? Like or Christmas or anything. My children do all that. I've turned that over to them because what we're not going to do is be uh, 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 I'm going to be big mama in there uh, 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 cooking, slaving over some pots and pans when good ass grown ass kids can do it. So my children cook, they cook holiday meals. They know how to cook a turkey. They know how to make, although they're claiming um, that I never taught them how to make collard greens. And I'm thinking to myself, are y'all high? Because that's one of the earliest things. So what I think I'm going to do this year, before the holidays, I'm going to give them all a cooking class on how to make collard greens. I taught them how to make collard greens, but they acted like I didn't teach them. I was like, y'all know how to make everything else. You telling me you don't know how to make collard greens? Y'all are high. <laughs> I taught them how to make everything. Everything. How do you... How do you make everything and don't know how to make collard greens? I even taught Gregory how to make baked macaroni and cheese with real cheese. How do you not know how to make collard greens? Are you kidding me? So I'm going to give them a what I consider a refresher course in collard greens. Because they each of them like, oh, we, we didn't get the collard green lesson. Uh-uh. Yes, you did. You just, you just intimidated by the collard greens. So. <laughs> I, I bet you this don't go on in white people's houses. <laughs> I know, I know. I even taught them how to make the sacred potato salad. I taught them that. So I know damn well I taught them how to make collard greens. So. Oh, God. Princeton University reportedly under fire for teaching that Black people should be considered disabled. Why? Do I, do I dare go down this rabbit hole? Why? Why do they think that? Is that the fastest way to get rep reparations? So reports claim that the Princeton University class curriculum for the upcoming fall semester states that Black people can be deemed disabled due to the systemic racism they face. Can, can we just, <laughs> I guess, if, if it gets us reparations, I guess. Okay. If it gets us reparations. <laughs> I mean, I guess. Does it come with reparations? 
I, I, they just, we can't ever just be black people in America without labels of other things, you know? But anyway, back to the collard greens conversation with my children. I taught them how to make collard greens. I taught them how to make turkey. Hey, I even taught them, I didn't really teach them how to make ham, but I made ham one time. Cause we don't, you know, I was married to a Muslim. So we didn't have ham in the house. Uh, but I made ham for them one time because I wanted them to have a taste of ham. Uh, and they liked it. I taught them how to make uh, sweet potatoes. I taught them how to make uh, potato salad, uh, old school way, new school way. Uh, I taught them uh, how to roast a turkey. I taught them how to fry chicken. I taught them all the basic stuff that they need. I taught them how to make spaghetti and pasta. I mean, all kinds of pasta, all kinds of lasagna. I taught them. So for them to cover my face, they're like, we learned how to make collard greens. Yes, you did, children. So, but if, if all four of them are giving me the same story, then I guess I got to lean into, maybe I did teach them how to make collard greens. But that's a damn lie. Because I could see in my mind's eye in that kitchen on Bellevue, teaching these kids how to make collard greens. Soak the greens, wash the greens, put the greens, the whole bit. They know. <laughs> I'm going to do it one more time. I actually like my greens in the slow cooker because I could just put them in for the day and then go on about my business. And they and they come out really, really nice, you know, because, you know, because uh, a lot of people will overcook collard greens. You know, they'll put them in a pot on the stove and boil them down to nothing to sop. And I don't like that. I, I like my greens to, to one, uh, just be flavorful and firm. You know, I don't like them cooked down to soup, you know? So, uh, so yes, yeah, so I might, I might, I might put some greens in it. And, and I like to use Indian spices. You know why? Because Indian spices give you that smoke flavor that we so like, you know, without putting ham hocks or smoked turkey in your collard greens. Uh, Cause I, I tend not to want to put meat in my collard greens. Uh, I tend to like a little ve uh, vegetable broth and Indian spices because Indian spices give you that smoky flavor. You know, coriander, cumin, a hint of curry, you know, gives you the smokiness without, you know, meat smokiness, you know. And, or you could buy um, liquid smoke and, and dash, dash and liquid smoke in there. And, that is, and it does, does the same thing if you didn't want to add meat to it. Uh, which which I'm not inclined to do when I make collard greens, but I I get why people do it, and I'll eat them either way. Listen, I'm not I'm not um I'm not uh, uh against meat and collard greens. I just prefer not to cook them that way. So, but anyway, that's neither here nor there in the scope of uh what we're willing to eat, what we're willing to cook. So I I'm gonna do that, but I, you know I I so I say I say I don't even cook like that anymore. I don't even cook, you know. Uh, and we go over to Ife's house. We, we're not cooking over there. She cooks. And so, <laughs> uh, she cooks. And so so we eat good. We eat well. We eat fine. You know, it's fine. But I would love to entertain because I miss entertaining at my house. You know, I love entertaining. I do. And uh, and it's been a minute since, because uh, I, have, I have too much stuff in this space. And, uh, but I, I did, I was watching somebody's, um, um storage hack and ikea has um these these uh closet 
things that you don't have to drill for. They go up to the ceiling, but I have such high ceilings. So I have to see if this would really work, work for me. I don't know where the hell I would put them though, because I have no space. You know, my clothes are in the middle of the dining room. Although I have a clear path and it's not, not messy in here. Everything is, everything has a home for now, but at some point, you know, I would like to create a proper closet and put stuff away. That's, that's the goal. So, you know, so I can have a, a, a proper dining room and, uh, and actually use more of my apartment than I, than I do. But again, that's neither here nor there in this moment, you know, and, you know, I got to paint, I need to paint, I need to hang some curtains. And that's, that's my, I think that's my fall, my fall commitment on top of, you know, applying to law schools and trying to get into law schools and seeing what happens. We'll see. I, I would love to get into law school. I, I would. I'm, I, next fall, I could be in, I could be 2024, I could be entering law school. That would be really special. That would be uh, amazing. You know, I, I would feel honored and ready to step into that. Now, I don't know how my life will change, you know. I, I don't know how my life will change, but if I could uh, if I could get into law school, that would be really good. And I'd be in the class of, uh, let's see, 24, 25, 26, the class of 27. The class of 27, which is, I was the class of 81, the class of 98, Class of twenty seven, so so we'll see. I I would like that. <laughs> I would like that a lot. Three years is gonna come and go whether I'm in law school or not. I tell it. That's why people are like, oh, why would you want to go back to school? Because three years is gonna come and go whether I'm in law school or not. So I might as well do something, you know. Plus, there's so much that I want to do, and I think the law will give me the tools. I I. I don't think I need the law to do what I want to do, but I would like the tools of the law to do what I do want to do. That that's the that's the rub. That's the edge. I don't need law school to do what I do, but I would like the tools of law school to do what I do. You know, and uh, I think a couple of things need to happen. You know, and I like to make some make a mark somewhere in in the judicial system other than being, you know, someone who was in the judicial system. <laughs> and and few people have had the experiences that I've had in terms of being every, in every court of the land at the same time. I was in every court in this of the land at, at at the same time. I was in divorce court, bankruptcy court, federal court, civil court. <laughs> I was all of it. All, all at once, you know, uh, who does that? So, um, so, so I, I, I want the tools and, uh, and, and I'll tell you why I want the tools because I'm driven by this quote by, uh, Audre Lorde. Audre Lorde, uh, had this quote that had nothing to do with, uh, why I want to practice law. Uh, and, uh, 
it's 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 this I I read this quote and it has stayed with me. Uh, uh, she said, "The master's tools will never dismantle the master's house," and uh, and and this in in the it's a provocative uh, admonishment that a uh, Audre Lord delivered to a feminist conference in 1979, uh, and and it was just that that sentence that stayed with me, uh, and I, and she wasn't talking about. Uh, what she was talking about was uh, the laws in regards to uh, people who were lesbian and gay and all that kind of stuff. So the, I'm, I'm going to read the full quote, and then you'll understand. For the master's tools will never dismantle the master's house. They may allow us to temporarily beat him at his own game, but they will never enable us to bring about genuine change. Racism and homophobia, homophobia, are real conditions of all our lives in this place and time. I urge each one of us here to reach down into the deep place of knowledge inside yourself, herself, and touch that terror and loathing of any difference that lives here. See, see whose face it wears. Then the personal as the political can begin to eliminate all our choices. And, um, I, I am just uh, driven by by that quote in its totality, but in the very first line, which I think speaks volumes to uh, because you know the the master's tools and the master's tools are are legislation, laws and legislation, and the and the judicial system. Those are the master's tools, and so uh, uh, we have to push back on dismantling the master's house. And the master's house is simply all the things, uh, all the all the things that are in the judicial war chest, courts, lawyers, uh, 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 lawsuits, all those things. And so when we think about less than 5% of all lawyers are people of color, black and brown people, uh, then Yes, that quote stands. But if more of us get on that playing field of this judicial system, we can disrupt change and turn around a whole lot of things. And so uh, to Sister Audre Lord, I say we must dismantle the master's house with the master's tools because it is their tools their use of their tools that they created is what corrals us to this day. And uh, we have to push back. And we can push back, you know. Uh, and, and, I, and I think I'm, I'm in a unique position because I'm not starting out as a young person that's got to sort of climb a ladder of success and carve out opportunity. I don't have to. I'm not there. I can be very focused and narrow in my attempt and and what I want to do, particularly around um, keeping young people out of jail and representing people who, who have no representation, who can't afford representation. I, I, I can do that. And, and, and it'll cost me, I'm sure. But I'll figure out a way. You know, we just figure out a way. If I have to knock on 
every law firm door and take a donation so I could do this work, that's what I'm going to do. I'll just go to everybody's make appointments and listen, this is what I need you to do. What can you give? You're a big ass law firm. Give me this kind of money and I will, I want to handle these cases. And I'll, I'll happily list you somewhere saying you have contributed to this, whatever, to whatever it is we're trying to do. That'll look good for you. You look like you're doing some public good when you really not, but you look like, but you really are. You really are. You're just empowering somebody else to do the public good with your money. And that's not a bad, listen, I'm, I've been thinking about this because this is how this is going to work. I, 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 listen, I have no desire to have a Maserati. I, 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 although I, I wouldn't mind a summer house on Martha's Vineyard. That's, that's a dream, but I'm not going, I'm not going to do it on the backs of people who can't afford to pay me. You know, so if I got to come to your little law firm and take on the little case or whatever, I'll do that, you know, in exchange for X amount of dollars to, to, to what I'm, to my, to my, uh, my very community, my community law firm. <laughs> porch, porch associates. <laughs> porch associates. That's where it's going to be. Porch Associates. Yeah, Porch Associates. Uh, we are a, a community law firm, a community a community law firm of and for the community. So anybody could walk in. And, uh, and and if we can't handle whatever you got coming at us, we, we have to find a way to, to get somebody to take take that on. You know, we have to just go and like, listen, this, these are the, this is what I need. These are the resources I need. I, I, I need this. So. Yeah, look, I've been thinking long and hard about this, you know, so let's see, let's see, but I get, I got to do my time, I got to do those three years of, uh, those three years of law school, and, and do well, and, and do well, and, and uh, uh, move my brain, I think I can, I feel like I can, you know, and I, some of my best friends are attorneys. Some of my very best friends are attorneys. So, so I'm not without help. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not without uh, a shoulder to lean on. I'm not without good counsel. I I I I am not without good counsel. I'm probably better than most, you know, have good counsel. So, so uh yeah. So that's where we are. So I, I need to get back into the swing of studying. I do. It's uh it's been a it's been a challenging working on this LSAT stuff. You know, and I, I've almost lost some momentum because I was hard and heavy. And uh now I'm just like, oh now I'm kind of dreading it, getting back into a study mode. But I don't have a whole lot of time. So I, I've got to push through these next couple of weeks and get back into a rigorous study schedule. You know, I got one, two, I got three weeks. So I got to just get back into a rigorous study mode uh, so I can pass, get get a decent score. I'm like, listen, I, this, I, and, and I'm going to tell you, like I said before, this, my scores is not going to be what gets me in. 
my my scores are not what's going to get me into law school. It's just not. <laughs> what's going to get me into law school is a compelling story. <laughs> it's gonna re, it's gonna take a compelling story. A compelling story is what's going to get me into law school. That's it. You know, compelling story. So, so that's what's going to do it. So I'm working on that now. It has to be a compelling story, you know, and, and, and there's a lot of compelling stories. And I think I'm u- uniquely, uh, I think I'm uniquely uh, uh, ready and able to tell a, a compelling story. Uh, so I'm, I'm, uh, I'm I'm all right. <laughs> it's gonna be all right. It's gonna be all right. So it's gonna be all right. So mm. so anyway, hey, the news is breaking now. Uh, we have the Arts Council of Greater New Haven uh, is announcing that uh, after an inclusive nationwide search led by the ALJP Consulting and a dedicated group of board, staff, and community members, the Arts Council of Greater New Haven is excited to announce that Hope Chavez has been named as our new executive director starting September 5th. Hope Chavez, she, her, Ella, is a creative producer, facilitator, and nonprofit arts leader Hope is guided by her calling to center joy and justice, to shift systems of power, to radically support the undeserved culture makers in her community. Her appointment as the executive director of the Arts Council of Greater New Haven marks a homecoming for Hope as she returns from Ashland, Oregon, where she spent the last 16 months as an associate producer at the Oregon Shakespeare Festival. Prior to her appointment at OS. F. Hope was the director of artistic planning at Long Wharf Theater. Hope is eager to return home, where during her last chapter in the Elm City, she was able to serve as a member of the New Haven co-creation team who crafted the first cultural equity plan in Connecticut, and as a member of the New Haven Cultural Affairs Committee. She is a newly appointed co-president of the New Haven Pride Center. she is a board, uh, New Haven Prize Center Board of Directors, alongside co-president uh, Nick Bussett, uh, he, him, on which she has served since 2021. Throughout her career, Hope has maintained practices as a facilitator, public speaker, and a consultant for arts organizations specializing in producing artistic and educational programs, uh, operationalizing uh, anti-oppression values, uh, budgeting for sustainability and leading organizational change management. Management. Her leadership and facilitation practices draw from her trainings under revolutionaries, as Adrian Marie Brown, the 2019 Emergent Strategy uh, Ideation Institute, Carmen Morgan, uh, the 2019 Art Equity Facilitator Training, and Keita Sullivan, the 2018 Leadership Through Mentorship Program with. WOCA, and many more. Hope currently, currently serves 
as an advisory council member on accountability for abundance, an initiative from the theater communication group, and as a lecturer at institutions, including the School of Drama at Yale and Juilliard Drama. And I get to say, I am excited to welcome Hope to our team. Her extensive leadership and expertise with creative organizations in our community and beyond will help guide the Arts Council into this exciting new chapter for our organization and creative ecosystem. Many thanks to ALJP Consulting, the, the search committee, our staff and board, plus the numerous community members who helped the Arts Council with this process. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So I am uh, excited. So, so our annual meeting is September 27th, save the date, 530. Uh, and you come, come meet Hope. Y'all know who Hope is, but come meet her anyway and uh, see what she has to say. Say hello and meet our team and, uh, and, and just, you know, just come and be in fellowship with us. So we have a new leader here in these parts and I'm delighted because it was a long damn process and uh, I'm delighted. So welcome, Hope Chavez. So, you know what? Maybe I'll try to get her on the show. We can talk about, you know, her vision. That might be nice. She might be, she might be open to that. We'll see. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see. We'll uh we'll get down there. We'll get we'll uh have her come and 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 talk the talk that she talks and, and get ourselves together. So uh, anyway, that's a wonderful, a wonderful thing. Congratulations, Hope Chavez, uh, for becoming the new executive director for the uh, Greater New Haven Arts Council. Yay! We have a leader. We have a leader. We have a leader. We have a leader. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> I'm so happy. So, so yeah, with that said, we move forward. We move forward. So that, that's what I'm talking about today. Talking about law school, talking about the Arts Council, uh, talking about the Audre Lorde quote that drives me um, because I, I could think of no, I could think of no um, more uh, motivating quote than that. That the, the master's house cannot, the master's house cannot be, uh, can't be uh, taken down by uh, the masses who will never dismantle the masses out. But damn it, we certainly can try. We certainly can try. And I, I won't say it in my lifetime, but we certainly can start the ball rolling. And actually, we've been starting the ball rolling since 1619. <laughs> we, we've, been, we've been working on this since 1619, believe it or not. You know, uh, I was having a conversation with Dr. Smith, and he's like, you know, uh, when, you know, he, it, it it bothers him when people say we're not our ancestors, and and I and I and I I get I get what they mean. I I know when people say that they think they're saying. I have to do a whole segment on. They think they're saying. <laughs> when they say this, they think they're saying. Uh, and there's a couple of things when when people say things like like yesterday when I said when people say, "Well, I'm colorblind. I wasn't raised to see color." You think you're saying I'm being inclusive and I don't let color dictate how I interact with people. But what you're actually saying is <laughs> I'm going to look past your color and treat you like a human. 
It's that little shift right there. It's that little shift <laughs> that makes all the difference. <laughs> so you're going to look past the fact that I'm Black, and you're still going to treat me like I'm human. Okay. I know what you meant, but this is how you said it. This is what this is. This is how it's. This is how you. This is how it is. We hear it, and uh, so you can't say that. So, um, so, so there, so there's a, there's a, there's a lot of that. <laughs> when I hear you say that, you think you're saying. Um, so, so I'm, I'm excited to, uh, to. Uh, to think about all the possibilities uh, because you know listen there's so many possibilities in the world e e even when we're in the midst of like chaos like like my daughter had a tough time yesterday at work you know and uh and she's new to work she's new to it i mean she's had jobs but this is this is a different kind of job this is this is you know a different kind of work energy and you know it takes some getting used to, and I'm I'm never suggesting that my child take any foolishness, you know. But what what she what she was troubled by is just basic work, you know. When you when you are when and and I think this is something that ought to be taught at the collegiate level when kids go to school off to get these jobs, that they um that they need to understand office dynamics, office politics. Not not so that they have to engage in them, but they have some awareness of them so that they can mind the pitfalls of them, you know, because I think you could be at work and not even um, be flustered by the politics of things. Um, and, and the way that these kids are set up, they're not going to be so. But you still have to mind the pitfalls because the old dogs are still in play. And with old dogs are old tools of harm and old just just stuff that just has not dissipated yet uh and so she was she was struggling with that yesterday um and you know she's one of these people that is very sort of um uh flammable <laughs> to put it mildly you know and uh can go to zero point, can go to, can excel, you know, in 2.3 seconds. Uh, and, and you have to learn. That's just, I mean, I used to be that way too. Like I used to, I used to be, you know, fire and brimstone at work too. I couldn't, you know, I, I, I had that. I was like that, you know, very, very flammable. Uh, and I've learned that, you know, you cannot be reactionary in every situation. One, you'll burn the hell out. Uh, and two, it, it will uh, eat away at your spirit. So you have to learn to condition yourself to show up to the fights that are directly uh, in front of you um, that you have to deal with. But don't, don't create unnecessary drama when you don't have to. And that's a lesson that I had to learn. And that's a lesson she'll have to learn. I just hope that she could learn it faster than I learned it uh, because it'll save her a whole lot of grief. I mean, it just will. 
So that's so that's what I'm that's that's what I'm I'm thinking about, you know, for my child. I want her to uh, get in that space and uh, just get in that space. Ah, you know, it's a lot trying to teach these babies how to be in the world. Trying to teach these babies how to be in the world, and it's not it's not easy. You know, because they, we, we, we've, uh, we've empowered them so much, you know, to stand on their own, to think on their own, to the point where they really can't stand on their own or think on their own. So, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how we did that, but we did it. And, uh, and we have to own that. So now they got to be in places where, uh, where they can uh, learn outside of our uh you know learn outside of our 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 helicopter because you know <laughs> um I see Liam I'm I'm on the uh where am I uh, am I I'm on my Facebook so I guess he had a press conference yesterday of all the candidates he he didn't have any signatures rejected. I think Shafiq did and uh Gold Goldberg. Gold butter. I like Gold Butter. I noticed that his name. But that's a that's a cool name. Um have uh uh got their got some of their petitions rejected. So I think they still have a little bit of time to try to catch catch up. So we'll see what happens. But you know, lean for New Haven. I, I I don't think he'd be a bad mayor. I mean, he's certainly not mediocre. But you never know what people do once they get into these positions. You know, they talk a good game, then they get in and get, oh, oh my God, I had no idea. Yeah, well, there you go. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Uh, it's exciting. I think. I don't know about anybody else, but I think it's exciting. I always like elections. I'm not going to tell you who I'm voting for. I'm not going to do that. Uh, but uh, you know, it'll be uh, people. I think as we get closer to election, because there's a primary, a Democratic primary. September 12th and then the generals uh, in November. So we'll see what happens. And uh, let's get it. Let's get it. So if you're not registered to vote, get yourselves, get thee, get thee thou registered. And uh, it's not enough to be registered though. Get thee thou to the polls. <laughs> you know? Uh, get these selves to the polls and uh, vote. And, and get your neighbors and your family members and anybody else who you know is of voting age. Uh, just just do that 
and uh, uh, Idaho, Idaho, you are really giving me pause. Idaho wants to jail professors for teaching about abortion. I, 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 I wish that these people would take a real class in um, history. I, I don't know what you gain from not teaching abortion. I don't know what you gain from banning books. I don't know what you gain. And I honestly, I really think, uh, I, I really think that, that they are working on these issues, not because they believe in these issues, but that it's a smokescreen and it's a tool to rile up folks who they think they represent who are like them. I, I think, I don't think they care about these issues from a some kind of moral imperative. I don't, I don't know what that even is in regards to abortion or banning books or affirmative action. I, I do, I, I, I find it to be uh, a a real exercise in uh, corrosive, corroding, and destroying uh, this American idea um, that this country is founded on, and uh, and I think it lays the seeds for civil unrest at a lot of levels. You know, uh, I, I I do believe that men and women of conscience have to engage other men and women of conscience and vote in ways that send a very clear and present message about what we will and will not tolerate uh, in the direction of this country. I think that needs to happen. You know, that the, that the, the best and the brightest among us can't sit home and say, oh, I don't worry, you know, good shall prevail. Good prevails because we put good out there to prevail. If no one shows up, if good people don't show up, and by good people, I mean uh, intellectually strong people uh, of liberal reach, uh, do not get to the polls, uh, then we will get a Donald Trump and we will get a Congress that is uh, slanted. We'll get judges who are uh, uh, archaic in their thinking uh, and racist in their execution of decisions, then we, we're going to have a problem. And uh, we cannot go back. There's no going back. There are no good old days. There's no such thing as good old days. There is no such thing as good old days. You know, I, I, I would say these are the good days right now. And when we get 10 years outside of these, we will say those were not good old days. <laughs> so 
we have to stop this illusion of, well, if we could just go back. Go, I'm, the go back part is for whom? Which, which group of people do you wish to go back for? And now that poor, poor, pe poor white people think they are on par with rich white people and, and, and middle class people, uh, it is uh, getting harder and harder to sort of convince people you, you are not. You are in abject poverty and you're not voting in your best interest. Do you understand? You're not voting in your best interest. Your best interest is to have universal health care. Your best interest is to have schools that are open and affirming and are able to teach everything so that the imagination of the children can grow and soar by leaps and bounds. What you're doing is relegating your children to servitude when you ban books, when you don't allow women to have uh, agency over their own reproductive health. You are condemning them to servitude. And I know it's hard to sort of, and then you couple that with some religious zealotry on top of it, like the cherry on top. And then you really have the makings of foolishness. Really have the makings for deliberate stupidity and willful ignorance. You are sowing the seeds of that and you are handicapping this country by limiting imagination and limiting access to health care. So I'm going to take a break. I'll be back at 1015. Harry's still in jury duty. Nora is holding it down. We'll be back at 1015. I'm Southern Connecticut basketball coach Scott Burrell, born right here in New Haven. I won an NBA championship with the Chicago Bulls, so I know a great defense is a game changer. That's why I support New Haven's Health Department's Take a Shot campaign to help defend teens against meningitis. Whatever your post-high school life is, take a shot now and help keep yourself, your friends, and your family safe and healthy. For more information, visit nhbbax.org. While COVID may not stop a baby's heart, isn't a child with a rising fever, cough, and chills enough to make your heart skip a beat? Children are 19% of reported COVID cases with higher rates in Hispanic and Black children. Vaccinated six months to five-year-olds are 80% less likely to get COVID, which means 80% healthier New Haven one-year-olds and 100% happier New Haven parents. To learn more, visit nhbvax.org. Hi, this is Babs Rawls-Ivy from New Haven, Connecticut, and you're listening to WNHHLP 103.5 FM, streaming live at newhavenindependent.org. I want to dance all night, Monday morning, and I'm sick of this job already. Still tight Thursday brings a smile Cause I won't be put 
putting up with this book in a little while. Me and my girls, we turned it up last week. Boys love this club, cause ladies get in free. We love to party. Tried to flip, didn't get tossed. In the pearly whites, time to floss. Got top billing, counted the cost. Everybody knows that you're a go getter. Set me with a smile as you earned your cheddar. Work real hard, and who could do better than you, Bob? We got through the week, I didn't even trip when we did the speed. Yo, I'm JK, and I'm doing my thing with my big sis, seven like champion.
about love, but it's not. Cause you didn't check in his baggage. He had cash and he really looked hot. This song could be about your happiness. But you're so focused on his bait. You're gonna let a good catch get away. This song could be about how we first met. But how are you gonna reminisce when you haven't got over him yet? This song could be about what you're searching for. You're looking all over town, and I'm knocking on your front door. This could be, yes, it could be. It could be about love. This could be all time. 
just move on up toward your destination. Though you may find from time to time complication. Yeah. 
Welcome back to the second hour of Love, Babs, Love Talk. I'm Babs Rolls Ivy. And uh, it's Thursday in the Elm. I think it's overcast, cloudy today. Might be a little sun later. Tomorrow's going to be another rainy day. We are running neck and neck and neck with Seattle in terms of this rain for the summer. Oh, well, you know what? Get into it. <laughs> I guess we need the rain. It keeps us from being in a drought situation. That's what we're thinking. Not in the drought situation. So, yeah, get into it and enjoy it. Uh, so, I'm at the New Haven Independent site. The housing authority uh, to buy the clock shop for $4.5 million. They're going to uh, purchase it, uh, the building on Hamilton Street, and convert it into about 100, you know, into 100 mixed income, mostly affordable apartments. Uh, but only after the abandoned. Uh, Factory's current owners rid the property of all remaining toxins. Oh, Lord. How they going to do that? When they going to do that? They ain't done it now. When they going to do it? Anyway. Uh, it's a wonderful space. You've got good views from that space. I, I, I have faith. I mean, the Housing Authority has shown us that they know how to do stuff. And honestly... Ain't nobody else talking about affordable housing nowhere in this city. So I, I haven't seen any comments yet, so I'm waiting for the comments. Uh, this story was posted by Laura Glesby um, at 9.50. So I'll wait for the usual suspects to show up and weigh in and see what they say. But I, this is what I'm going I'm to jump in right now and say, I don't know who else is doing affordable housing in this town. And I don't, I, and you know, everybody's going to have their lips out. But I don't see none of these people in the. I'm not going to see none. Near one of these people in the comments get together, pull some money, and say, let's make some affordable housing. I, I'm, I'm, you know, because anybody could have bought that property and not put affordable, not have even a, not even a modicum of a conversation of affordable housing. Because all these apartments that are going up, ain't nobody having no affordable housing conversation. Not near one. So I'll wait and see what people say. <laughs> I'll, I'll wait. <laughs> Hold my beer. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Cause I know. So that's one thing. I'll I'll that's one thing. The next thing is uh Brennan makes the ballot. Uh uh Abdul Sabor and Goldenberg. It's Goldenberg. I said golden butter. Uh, come up short. So I don't know what that means. Do they go back out there and try to get more? Or do they miss the deadline? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, and then there was this interesting article on the land bank authority plan moves ahead. So I guess they're creating a land bank. Uh, I have to read up on this because it just sounds good. I like the concept and the example. I, I, I'm digging it. So, um, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. I don't. I don't know what it. I don't, does it take the place of something? Does it, you know, does it help LCI? Why isn't this? A, is this an LCI thing? I guess you know I should read it, but I can't. I'm not going to read it now while I'm, um, doing this. But I might go back and read it a little later. And uh, yeah, stuff that I already talked about yesterday. And then I'm gonna run over to the the inner city site, and I could tell you what's going on. Uh, well, we already know uh, 
uh, Tori uh, Linez uh, gets tenure for shooting uh, Megan the Stallion. Megan the Stallion. Um, and people are applauding that because he he was I don't I don't I don't understand him. I don't know him. I don't know his music. I don't know any of that stuff. But it's up there. Uh, the Arkansas Education Department withdraws credit for AP African American Studies as several states undertake concerted. Uh, efforts to circumscribe the boundaries of what educators can impart concerning race, gender, and sexuality. Arkansas has emerged as a new focal point in this. And now, um, and you know, this is why this is why I want people to understand: elections have consequences. Elections have consequences. You cannot just be concerned you, with, with just what's at the highest level. You've got to be concerned what is happening at the local level. You have got to vote people in who are concerned about all of the population and not a narrow, defined population. Because you get, you get people messing around with banning books and and curtailing women's uh, rights and uh, just a whole bunch of things that we we don't want to go back to. Then uh, a major international law enforcement operation rescues uh, child exploitation victims. So there's a whole piece on uh, 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 trafficking. Uh, with with all the agencies in play spearheaded by the United States because trafficking is a global problem. It's not just an Asian problem. It is a global problem and a problem here in these United States. So uh, Trump and 18 co-conspirators indicted on racketeering charges in Georgia. I didn't know it was other 18 people. I will tell you that um, Kanye's former publicist is one of the 18. I don't know how that happens. Kind of crazy to me, but I'm gonna leave it right there. You know, when you I I don't understand any of that foolishness. So, um, but she caught up. So now you have to lawyer up and try to, I don't know, prove your innocence. I guess I don't know. Um, you know, there people people are calling for um, Justice Thomas to resign, to step down from being a Supreme Court justice. He's not going to do that. You could call for it, but he's not going to do it. He's going to ride this wave. I mean, you know, corruption is his middle name, but he's not going to, he's not going to step down because he doesn't have to. So, so unless they change the policies, you know, you're stuck with these people. Uh, Let's see. I, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't, I don't, I, I want somebody to tap DeSantis on the shoulder and say, you know, you're not going to win. I mean, he's just not going to win. So, uh, he's just not going to win. And it's unfortunate because it's not unfortunate. It's unfortunate that you don't understand that you're not going to win. You're trailing. You don't fire your whole staff. How many times, how many times, how many, he fired his staff like twice, a whole staff. 
Now he's got a whole new team of people. I'm like, okay, all right, I, I hear what you're saying, but really? So how, how many times can you, it's, it's not your staff. <laughs> I'm here to tell you, it's, it's not your staff. <laughs> I, I wish it. I, I I wish it was that simple. But it's not your staff. It's you, and uh, you you can keep firing people all you want. Fire yourself, uh, DeSantis. Fire yourself. It's not the people around you. It's you. All my people in Florida who listen, if you see them, just like hey, fire yourself. Just tell them. I mean, you know, you don't got to be disrespectful when you're out at them stupid rallies. And does anybody come to his rallies? A handful of people, his people, they come. Then, you know, just like, hey, fire yourself. You're not going to win. You don't have enough support. You don't have enough support in Florida. You don't have enough support around the country. Are they? Is he debating? Is he? Is he part of the debate team? I know he hired a, a, a debate coach. But I'm gonna tell you, this is what I know. A debate coach can't cure stupid. And I'm and and people are saying he's not a stupid man. But I I I I'm with James Baldwin on this one. I can't believe what you say because I see what you do. That's that's where I'm at with this. So he might not be a stupid man. I mean, he went to Yale for God's sake. But uh I, I don't understand the strategies, I don't understand the the stands stances that he takes. He's just an idiot. Well, okay, maybe he's not stupid. Maybe he's just a, a bona fide idiot. Okay, I, I I take that back. He's an idiot, not stupid. Uh, but he's not going to win. And you can fire all the staff you want. It's it's not them. <laughs> they they're trying to make a way out of nowhere. And I know you don't understand that because you you're not you, you don't allow Black history to be taught, but. Uh, you you are uh you you are uh yeah whatever too bad 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 so anyway I, I'm not a fan of DeSantis I'm not a fan of any of these Republicans to tell you the truth none of them I, I'm not a fan of any of them I think they're very um divisive, corrosive, and just, you know, uh, right, right with the uh, real ignorance. Just, just real, real, real ignorance. And they don't seem to be bothered by that. I mean, they just, they don't seem to be uh, bothered. And, and I'm, I'm always uh, struck by that. It's, they have no shame about the level of ignorance and stupidity that they're willing to stand on. I don't get it. <laughs> but I'm not a Republican, so I guess I have to take my own advice. It's not for me to get, right? It's just not for me to get, so I don't get it. Okay, I'll leave it alone. I, I'll let it go. I, I, uh, I'll let it go. So anyway, huh. what are you going to do? Try to, uh, try to soldier on. I hope that people wake up along the way. That's what we hope for, right? We hope that people wake up along the way. Uh, and it takes a lot. It takes a lot. It takes a lot. It takes a lot. 
So anyway, I, I, I will say this. I wish I had more time on Martha's Vineyard. That's that's what I wish. Oh my God. Oh yeah, it does. Now I see it. Uh, that's it. I've been following this whole um wine side story. Uh you know, the blind side, the people that, uh, the Michael Orr story, you know, where Sandra Bullock plays the Mrs. Tui, and uh, they take in this boy, this young man, and he's a talented football player, and he becomes pro. And Well, anyway, he's suing them because he was never really adopted by them. He, they, What he signed was the conservatorship. They've been his conservators for all this time. He didn't know it. He thought he was adopted. So I guess when he finds out, he's like, they've been profiting off of him. And he feels like he wasn't profiting off of anything, I guess. Um, so he's suing them. And so people are like, Sandra Bullock should give back her Oscar. I'm like, why would she get back her? I don't, what, what does one thing have to do with the other? She don't know these people. <laughs> I mean, she played these people, but it's a story. I, I, it's a story. I don't, I, now, now maybe they can make a sequel and they can have some chairs in it, some folding chairs in it. Because I don't know why they're calling for her resignation. I mean, calling for her to get back her her Oscar, but nothing about the the, the other people. I mean, it takes a whole ensemble for somebody to get an Oscar. And and why would you want her to get back her ass? She she did what she was tasked to do. She played she played the role according to the script that was given. People are stupid. That's what I mean. Uh, she don't need this mess, and she just lost her her husband. I'm like get out of here. You know. Like I wouldn't even like if y'all. Don't stop that mess. They, people are just yapping. That, that's what I mean. They don't have any reason to say anything, but they're saying stuff. And I was like, all right, let me see what this is about. Because from, from face value, it just looks stupid. And I would be right. It is stupid. So I'll tell you what I do like, though. I watched Usher and Kiki Palmer in uh, Usher's new video, uh, Boyfriend. It's a, it's a lovely... Um, it's a it's a lovely little clapback to now what is now her ex boyfriend. He said, "I, I you know, <laughs> he probably was problematic before before his weighing in on her outfit to the Usher concert in Vegas, which I thought she looked amazing in. I mean, she's a young woman. She's not me out there, sixty year old with a you know with a with a portly body trying to wear uh, a thong jumpsuit. I mean <laughs> that." that that would be that would be something to be annoyed by. <laughs> but she's 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 young and in great shape. Like if I was in that good shape, I'd be in that damn thing too. And, and in high heels, no less. So anyway, uh she they put out a little video and it's charming. And you, you know, and it's little little slaps in the video, little little digs at things in the video. If you listen closely, if you pay attention, you'll see the little digs and all the things uh uh but apparently she she they 
her and her old boy are not a couple anymore because he just tried, he, he, he came, he came to shame her in public. And that's not what you do if you're trying to audition to be a spouse. I, I never understood. And, you know, he could take selfies all day sitting on the side of the bed with his shirt off. And that's, 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 that's not what she was doing. She was at a concert dancing with him. And it wasn't even, I don't even think they were out of line. They looked cute together dancing. He was respectful. She was respectful. They weren't. Uh, no one said, oh, go get a room. It didn't look like that. I, I think one, because these young people don't know a damn thing about slow dancing. It's, it's out of their out of their reality, slow dancing. Uh, you know, when two people dance together close, that's slow dancing. But I don't think these young people do that. There's no, there's no, they don't have any music for that, right? So they don't have no awareness for it. So every, things are either sexual in nature or they're sexual in nature. There's no, no other whatever. So he shames her, pu- tries to shame her publicly about her appearance, about uh, what she, she, she is well aware she's a mother because she pushed that whole baby out of her. So she knows she's a mother. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's no mistaking that. She's had the experience of birthing a child. And that's not the only way you get to be a mother. Cut it out. I'm just saying, you don't have to remind her that she's a mother. So he goes on his social, now he's since deleted all this stuff because he caught some heat from men and women alike about, you know, what are you doing? Second of all, you're talking about your family and your wife, but she's not your wife. You've not proposed. You are living in her house. And honestly, that's not what we want for our daughters. I'm just going to tell you right straight out. That's not what we want for our daughters. So shut up. She got a baby with you. Co-parent. Co-parent beautifully. Get on with your life. That's it. Go and strong arm some other woman. Uh, Take that patriarchal madness to some other woman who might be flattered by it. Well, he cares. Some, there's some women out there who might be flattered by that strong arming and that public shaming or your ability to public shame. You know, you, you don't get to tell women what to do. Uh, you don't get to tell women what to do. You just don't. I don't give a damn if she had your baby or not. You know. Stop telling women what to do. Oh, God. Uh, Ohio teen convicted of two murders. Jesus Christ. After crashing car into a building at 100 miles per hour. Why'd she do that? The wreck which left the teen unconscious and not breathing killed her 20-year-old boyfriend and his friend. I know she wished she would have died, too. So Ohio judge on Monday found uh, Mackenzie uh, Sharilla, 19, 19 years old, uh, guilty of murdering two people after a high-speed July 2022 car crash that left her boyfriend, Dominic Russo, and his friend, Davion Flanagan, 19, dead. 
So the, the Cuyahoga County Common Pleas Court, uh, Judge Nancy Margaret Russell held the uh, four-day bench trial last week after uh, the Sharilla waived her right to a jury trial. Okay, I, I, I don't know what the, what the, is there some benefit to doing that? So she found Sharilla guilty on all 12 charges against her, which included four counts of murder, four counts of felonious assault, uh, two counts of aggravated vehicular homicide, one count of drug possession, and one count of possessing criminal tools. So the conviction carries an automatic sentence of life in prison with the possibility of parole after 15 years. She's not going to get parole. You know why? Because she got all these other charges. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a lawyer yet. So this was not reckless driving. This was murder. Uh, Nancy Margaret Russo, who is not related to the victim, said in court moments, uh, said in court moments before announcing her decision. She had a mission and she had executed it with precision. The precision, the decision was death. Uh, Jim McDonald, the teenager's attorney, asked the judge to find Sharilla guilty of aggravated vehicular homicide for driving recklessly and acquit her of the murder charges, saying the prosecution did not present enough evidence to prove that the crash was more than a tragic accident and kids being kids. Oh, don't say that. So we are never going to know what happened in that car, much less prove what evidence beyond a reasonable doubt that present in the mind of McKinsey. Well, then you should have had a, a trial by ju a jury because I, 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 I don't know what the thinking is if you just do this kind of way to judge, let the judge decide. I don't I don't know. I don't know what the benefit of it is unless you think the judge is going to be lenient, you know, or, and you and you don't want to take your chances with a jury because but clearly she might have had better. You know, she might have fared better if she had a jury. Anyway, the client doesn't remember the crash. Her mother testified during the trial that. She has a medical condition that causes her to lose consciousness if her sodium levels are low. Well, then she should have been driving a damn car, you know? So she was in a, a 2018 Toyota Camry in, in the Cleveland suburbs. Uh, it slowly turns onto another road. Once on the new street, it accelerates suddenly. According to the data from the car's computer, he was traveling at 100 miles per hour. The car jumped a curb, careened off a sign, and slammed into a brick warehouse. Why? Why did she do that? If it, if it rendered her unconscious, that shouldn't allow her to put metal to the pedal. I don't know what that's about. Yeah, well, well, she'll have a long time in prison to think about this, and you know, maybe she'll tell the truth or whatever. I don't know. I don't, I don't understand this. Nineteen though. Oh, Lord. That's just a lot. I don't think this is kids being kids. This is just stupid being stupid. And she didn't die. I know she wished she would have died. Maybe she was trying to kill them all. Because he's probably breaking up with her. And you know, these young people. And she probably was, you know, his girlfriend because she had a car. I'm just making this up. I don't know. Because I know this is painful for everybody. There are no winners here. You know, these the two families lost their children and the third family lost their child because she's going to jail for the rest of her damn life. You know, 
So she said the judge said the final seconds of the, the security footage swayed her verdict. She morphs from a responsible driver to a literal hell on wheels. So something must have been said in that car. She ain't lose control of that car. She she did it. But anyway, well, the judge has spoken. You've you've unless you I guess there's some appeal process. I'm not an attorney, so I don't know what what how do you go about this. Uh, but I but I I watch enough shows. If she could appeal this or whatever, maybe I don't know. But she waived her right to a a, a jury. And I, and I would imagine you waive your right to a jury because you think you could get a better a, a better outcome with the judge. Well, clearly, you got four counts of murder, all this other kind of stuff. Child, you ain't never getting out. You're not, you're not getting out of jail. You are just not. Those people missed. And, and I'm sure they're going to sue her people. That's next, a civil suit against the people. They're going to steal their house and lean their house, the whole thing. I mean, this is going to, I would. Okay, so, uh, so Davion was just, he was the, he was, uh, what, whatever she said, whatever, whatever she had in was along with her, with his friend. So they had a toxic, toxic relationship. So people knew this. So uh, friends and teens testified that, you know, they all been drinking and smoking. Well, they were smoking prior to the crash. She had a, she had a lot of THC in her blood above the legal limit. So yeah, they, they, they probably had some words, you know, they, they probably, yeah, they probably was in some bad relationship and people knew it, you know, people knew it. Girl, you going to jail. <sighs> that's too bad sad you know I, I don't I don't know what you'll never drive another car girl the rest of your life you're gonna be an old lady in prison you're gonna be an old lady you know I'm not gonna read that child I'm not the one Uh, anyway, Ooh, that's a lot. God help them. Our parents are gonna um. Uh, that's a that's a huge loss. All three of those families lost. I'm sorry. I was, I, there was a little silence. I was reading it. That's a loss. But I, I this is what I know. People knew that they were in a toxic relationship and, and I don't know what the effort was made to keep them apart or to pull them apart or to just watch them or whatever. Uh, but that girl, to, to do that, says something else was underfoot. You know, anyway, I just, uh, I just, uh, Sad by that. Saddened by that. I'm telling you, it's a lot of news out there. You could spend. A, you could go down a rabbit hole. Uh, oh wait, teachers in New Haven get fresh start with rent-free housing. Oh, for for early childhood educators. Oh, where's this? So if you if you follow WTNH, they got a piece up. Ah, oh, I gotta go back and read that. 
Somebody's thinking about teachers, even if it's just a modicum of thinking about teachers. Uh, if you want to know about the uh, Georgia Trump indictment, um, there's a piece of, Mike Lawler posted a piece on Facebook about uh, the, the Georgia Trump indictment explained. So if you want to know, but I heard the word Rico statue. So I'm like, whoa, whoa, it's like, yikes. Uh, yikes, that's a lot. I don't know. I don't know what to make of that. I don't know what to make of that. I don't know what to make of it. Uh, but uh, I'm sure he's raising a lot of money on these indictments. <laughs> hey, those Republicans sure know how to raise some money. <laughs> Woo, they sure know how to raise some money. <laughs> and if they're willing to... uh. Huh. Uh, if they're willing to get indicted, it's a good fundraiser. Uh, but the possibility of going to jail is very, very uh, uh, high. So <laughs> uh, that's a chance you got to take if you're raising money, I guess. God bless them. I wouldn't do it, but then again, I'm not them. So God help y'all. God help y'all. God help y'all. I don't know what else to make of it. I don't know. Anyway, it's uh, Thursday. Tomorrow's Friday. Let's see what we can get into. And, uh, oh, great. I'm so glad. I just got a message from Cliff, Judge Clifton Graves. Um, you know, he's going down to uh, um, the late Charles Oaktree's uh, funeral in Maryland tomorrow. And, uh, and he's saying he got a lot of positive feedback. Uh, from the show. I was like, thank you. Thank you to the people who listen to us talk uh, about uh, Charles Ogletree. That was really nice. I, I I told you I was a fan of uh, Professor Ogletree, you know, Harvard Harvard law professor. Because uh, oh, I, I watched those those uh, PBS shows, uh, 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 the ethics, when he was simple people and they would discuss a particular question of ethics. I was just fascinated by that. Uh, and, and he assembled all kinds of people to talk about it. Uh, I like to see more of that. I, I think in this day and age, that would be such a, a real plus uh, um, for uh, uh, television. And I, you know, and, uh, uh, and, 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 and maybe I could do some kind of something similar here on the station. I been, I've been thinking about it mostly because of artificial intelligence. And, uh, and maybe I could get um, artificial uh, intelligent artists, you know, the ones that like to use the creativity of it. And then maybe the ones that are uh, the medical, some medical folks and then some attorneys and, and just talk about, you know, wh where is the, um, where is the ceiling for that? Or how do we, how do we put some parameters around artificial intelligence? So that we don't extinct ourselves, <laughs> which, which honestly, I, I think the, what is it? The horse is out the gate. I, I think we are, I think we've gone way past trying to uh, police artificial intelligence because artificial intelligence is the police now. So, so I, I don't know, but I, I was th I've been thinking about this 
Um, how, do, how do we gather people to talk about, and all kinds of people to weigh in on artificial intelligence? And how do we talk about this? You know, uh, how do we engage? You know, and I and I hear all sides of it. It makes me very nervous. I love technology. I love that we can use technology to further the development of good things. But I also know there are people out there who are not interested in good things and will use the technology for, uh, you know, not. <laughs> So, but it'd be, I think it would be, I think it would be worth. So maybe I, maybe I start pulling together a team and, and talk about this in the fall. But like, it's a question of ethics. Where, where do we want to go with artificial, where can we go with artificial intelligence? Should we be policing artificial intelligence? What can we do? You know, and, and I, and I'm telling you, for me, I always go back to um, uh, Terminator movies. It's, it's just such, such, such timeliness that and now those movies are 20 30 years ago so here we are now with the technology and and now we're seeing the technology you know that has inherent biases racist in its in its uh development and in it i mean the woman that got the pregnant woman who got uh arrested um for uh face recognition it wasn't even her but she's pregnant she gets arrested so anyway, I'll talk more about that because I think I think that's worth doing. It is very much worth doing. So I'll be back tomorrow's Friday. Thank you, Nora, for for riding shotgun while Harry's in jury duty. Is he back in the office? Did they kick him out yet? And uh, thank you, Paul. And uh, I'll see y'all tomorrow. We'll be back tomorrow. <laughs> ride, ride, ride.